about to listen to the profound word of God, ministered by Ty Adeshuba, pastor of Worship Tabernacle Church. Without a doubt, this will be a life-transforming experience as you acquaint yourself with the word of God and develop a rich and rewarding relationship with Him. This message will certainly shape your life, fulfill your dreams, and guarantee your success. James chapter 5. Let's go to the book of James chapter 5 and verse 19 to 20. James chapter 5 verse 19. The morning service, they were awake, they were early. Maybe it's the rain. Uh, they, they, they performed really well. Let's see what you guys uh, would do. Let's read it together. Ready, steady, go. And no longer. And someone helps him. That person. Of many sins. Galatians chapter 6 and verse 2. The living Bible likewise says. Share each other's problems. Troubles and problems. And so obey our Lord's command. Father in the name of Jesus. Breathe over your word this afternoon. That lives will be shaped. Dreams will be fulfilled. And success will be guaranteed. I'm asking God that somebody in a dark place this afternoon would receive healing. I'm asking that someone that is battling with depression or mental fatigue or sorrow or is of a heavy heart would, 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 would gain something that would shake them, yank them, deliver them, uh, catapult them from the pit of depression into a pit or into a place of greatness in the name of Jesus. Breathe over your word as you always will do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. My heart desire was to actually just show you the tape of the first service, but uh, the ministers kicked against it, so here we go again. Uh, depression is very real. It is real. Um, but an important part of battling depression is winning the war over our feelings. Depression is real, and I don't doubt, doubt that. But depression is not a badge of honor. It does not introduce you into the society of depressed people. Neither does it give you any more accolades than where you are. You've got to learn to be able to address depression on the onset because if you are depressed and you're looking for other people to sympathize with you, those who are sympathized with you are making progress and you are still staying where you are. And so my greatest battle is that we face depression and defeat depression and you can get out of it and make something great out of your life because the devil wants to keep you in a holding pattern. Uh, 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 an important part of battling depression, as I said, is winning war over our feelings. But the main cause of depression is not usually our life circumstances. It is our thinking. Unfortunately, when we are depressed, we tend to believe our own thoughts. When we're depressed, we tend to believe what goes on here. So when depression uh, attacks, we feel like giving up immediately. But 1 Peter chapter 5, 8-9, as we read last week, 
It says we have to resist the devil at his onset. So it is important to resist the feeling of depression immediately because the longer we allow it to remain, the harder it is to resist. And over the last few weeks, we've been dealing with depression. So on Wednesday, I deal with how depression comes in. And I, 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 I really would want you to listen to last week's Wednesday because it was tough. We have to deal with unforgiveness. We have to deal with living in a family of depression. What do you do? We have to live with, deal with uh, divorce and all that kind of what effect it may have had on our lives as young ones. We have to deal with all that on Wednesday. And it was really tough. We, we ended leaving church really late. And so you need to pick up the, 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 the CD, the DVD or whatever you can. But on Sundays, I deal with how to deal with it. And over the last few weeks, we dealt with some T's, which you can remember. And one of them was, I said, you have to learn to what? Transfer it to God. Number two, you have to what? Take immediate action. Last week, we spoke about trust the love of God, which means you have to accept God's love for you, but you also have to accept his image of you, not your own image, but his image. And the fourth point I want to deal with this afternoon is turn someone's life around. To get out of depression, you have to learn to what? That is really weak. You have to learn to do what? Tap someone beside you and say, look them eyeball to eyeball and say, turn someone's life around. Even if you're sitting with your husband, your fiancé, and all that, still tap them and say, turn someone's life around. If we are going to get out of depression sometimes, one of the things you need to do is you need to learn to turn someone's life around. And I said it in the first service. I said, gather my CDs, gather my tapes, download it, and take it to your therapist. I guarantee that there's not much in what I've said that they will not say to you. I'm just giving this to you free. It's free for you, but it costs me. So instead of going around, maybe you could sit down and just pick up some of these things that we're telling you. You've got to learn to turn someone's life around. Academic research and thousands of years of human history confirms that achieving fulfillment and happiness in life comes from making others happy and not being self-centered. Giving, giving is one of the best investments you can make towards achieving genuine happiness. It's been my experience that when you focus on giving to others, you're less likely to become consumed by your own concerns and challenges. The greatest degree of inner tranquility comes from the development of love and compassion. Because the more we care for the happiness of others, the greater is our sense of well-being. Listen to me, ladies and gentlemen. The reward of giving is priceless. If you want to have happiness, 
you need to give happiness. If you want to love, you need to give love. It is only in the giving that you receive. So no matter what your circumstances is in life, you, have, you, you always have the ability to give. Our lives are more richer when we share. So to find yourself, you've got to lose yourself in the service of others. Because God, he has a way of recycling the damages, the pain, the infirmities, of our lives and then uses it for someone else's glory. He has a way of doing that. First Corinthians ten twenty four says we should think about others and not about ourselves. We've got to learn to do something nice to someone every single week. There is a reward for kindness when it comes out of a pure heart. And unfortunately, let me talk to my G's and my homies in this generation. Your generation is entirely different from our generation. And I need to kill this demon. The younger generation. You're selfish. You're selfish. Let me, let me say this. I asked someone getting married. In this church, not in the uh, Kool-Aid Baptist church down the road. In this church, I asked a young man who was getting married, I said, how many, he was in my car, I said, how many of your peers, 20s and 30s, actually helped you financially when you were getting married? Tragically, he says, no. I said, how many of my generation, your mom's generation, helped you when you were getting married. He says, quite a lot. He says, in fact, the big TV in their house was given by one of our mom's friends as a present. And I said, can you see what is happening? But the vast majority of those you invited to your wedding was your generation in short skirts and high heels. <laughs> and all of you, all y'all, went there, you danced, you sweat, you took selfies, you posted it on Instagram, but one dime didn't come out from you to just say, let me help you. Don't shake your head. Keep it straight. Because I don't want shaking of heads. I want action. No. None. And if it wasn't for his mom's generation, he would, they would have fallen into serious trouble. And some of you will still fight your parents that are even paying for the wedding and telling them how many people they can bring. None of your friends are giving you any dime. In fact, you, even pastor is not even invited to your... Reception. I know I said I'm not coming, but you didn't even invite us. <laughs> and everybody, most people that come to your wedding, uh, I'm not angry about anybody's wedding, I don't go for reception, so relax. Uh, uh, but everyone that comes to that wedding, that you have dished the older generation, is coming to take from you and criticize you. We 
are the only one most of the time, Pastor is also with me, that come on a Friday, Thursday, Saturday, whenever you're getting married, and we have to sow into your life. Nothing comes back. Not even a photograph. Some couples I've never even taken a photograph with. I remember even a couple that were taking a photograph. They were even pushing me to one side. I said, please, 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 let's go. I told my wife, I said, let's go. You know, even I don't like taking pictures. I don't like taking pictures. My son doesn't like taking pictures. My wife loves taking pictures. And my son has found a way of making her pay. We went on holidays and my wife said, picture, picture. He said, said, for every single picture I take with you, you have to pay me. Say, okay, how much? And so they negotiated. When he got back 275 pounds, he got offer. I said, that's my boy. That's my boy. And he hounded her. He ran after her. He reminded her daily. And then after a while, when she got frustrated, I said, pay him. Plus interest. So I said, let's go. There was a wedding I went with. I went with um, 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 Minister Michael. And it was so, so, so shocking. That after the wedding, it wasn't even in church, we went, went outside. I went there to preach. And after the wedding, as we were going, this, the mother of the bride just came in front of the car. And I was thinking, not today. No, no counseling today. Not, not today. She was frantic. And she stopped the car. And I came out of the car. I said, Mom, is everything okay? She said, Pastor, you can't go, you can't go. I've got some stuff prepared for you. I'm like, Mom, I can't go to the reception. She said, yes, I've heard. But I've prepared your own reception. And I saw cartons and cartons being dumped in the car. And I was like, how does someone think about that? When I was getting married, or when we were getting married, we, our generation, when we were getting married, (laughs) my friends would say, what do you need? Do you know my wife, I got close to my wife because... I was coordinating a wedding for a friend and then they told me, oh, Sam is cooking two coolers of jollof rice. I said, ah, two coolers of jollof rice. I said, yes, she's cooking. So I had to arrange for someone to go and pick it up. And then I decided to go and pick it up myself. <laughs> and before I got there, the two coolers of jollof, because I wanted to know if she actually cooked it or somewhere else, somewhere else. The two coolers of jollof was waiting. I knew for the rest of my life I won't be hungry. I knew clear if you can cook two big pots of jello, uh, fried rice and it can taste fine. I'm, I'm alright. I'm alright. And, 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 and seven of us in our, in, that were living together, that's how we did. You're getting married. What do you need? I take the drinks. I take the food. I take this. I take that. That's how the seven of us got married. By helping someone else. In this day and age, you just want to dance. And you're angry if they don't invite you. You didn't give anything, but you're still angry with them. This generation is so selfish. You will find, you, you, you will find somewhere to use someone for your wedding so that you will prosper. In, in our days, it wasn't where you're getting married. 
I got married in a school. And then the next person used the same school that I got married. And the next person used the same school. It won't be like, I got married in a school. And then someone else went there and said, I'm going to beat that. I'm going to chop that. Just watch. Just watch. Come, come for mine. And then you now go to, to, to Edmonton. And then or you go to, to, to the city. You fool. You're wasting your money. Who cares? After we finish your, we're going back. And where's the next thing happening? There was no competition. It was helping each other. That's why depression was far from most of us because we were looking out for each other. And that's why some ethnicities prosper more than others. Because they will live together and then they will buy the next flat, then they will buy the next house, then they will buy the next house until they buy the entire street. And you're fighting against them because they bought the entire street but you refuse to join together, help someone else buy their own. That's just a sin. That is just a simple thing. But we're not doing it and we're depressed because we're in isolation. And you young ones are in isolation. Because all you're thinking about is the next shoe, the next weave, the next uh, trainers. Some of you are so selfish, you're living in the house. Mom says, you just bought a car, nobody can breathe. Because you bought a car. And mom is now saying to you, please, when you're coming, can you just buy some rice and some stuff? In Tesco's, mom, I'm busy. And you bring your sorry behind back home and eat the food that you refuse to go and buy from your mom. And your dear mom is coming back from work early in the wee hours of the morning and goes to Tesco's. And while she's coming, she's carrying that bag. And you will still bring your body frame. And sit down and say, Mom, is there any food in the house? The one you have refused. I didn't teach you that. You got that from the devil outside in your association. Because we're selfish. It's the entitlement mentality. We're killing ourselves. We're destroying ourselves. And that's why we're depressed. Let me give you something about Mordecai. Maybe that will help us. Esther chapter 10 verse 3. Esther chapter 10 and verse 3. Are we, is it all there? Can we all read together? Because there are some names there I don't know how to pronounce. Let's go together. Ready, steady, go. Ah, all read together. Even if you put down, just, just, the ones you don't know, just bring your volume down. Let's go. Right. Ready, steady, go. Oh, stop. What did it become? I didn't hear you. Upstairs, what did it become? The Prime Minister, go, let's go on, with, next to that of King himself. <laughs> he was what? Who held him in highest because he continued to work for the good of his people and to speak up for the welfare of all their descendants. There was nothing to do with him. The only thing that he was brought into high esteem was because he continued to work for the good of his people. Your destinies or your destiny lies in another. If Mordecai hadn't put Esther forward, he would never attain royalty. Let me do something different in this service. Come on, darling, you're about to get married. The Lord bless you. So this is Esther. Esther, Esther. 
Esther, Esther. So this is Brother Mordecai. Mordecai, and because some of you in the second service I have to go a bit deeper. Uh, 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 Mordecai, uh, Esther was Mordecai's niece. Yeah. M- Esther's dad and mom had died. Wherever, niece, nephew, don't worry. Just get the story. Uh, now, Esther was an orphan. Mordecai was the, brother, the uncle. And Mordecai, we don't know if he had children or if he was right. I don't know. But Mordecai decided to take on an orphan. And say to Esther, I'm going to push you. And now, pick Esther up from that place of depression. She was depressed. Because depression is not only mental. Sometimes, it may be missed opportunities. It may be a, a tragedy. It may be a loss. So, she, while she was depressed and down, Mordecai says, I will hold you and I will bring you up. So Mordecai was looking at Esther and looking around for any opportunity. So one day he heard that there's a pageantry going on. So he says to Esther, you should go. You are beautiful. And yes, you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes, you are. That's why you've got wings. Say, say hallelujah. <laughs> so, 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 so he says, you're beautiful. Esther says, but I am not from that country. He says, Mordecai says, don't worry, but don't tell them. And so he was looking out for the good of Esther until Esther became queen. Do we all understand that? Because I need to give you the background of the story. So Esther in herself was depressed. Mordecai in himself became the prime minister, but didn't become the prime minister because the king noticed him. He became the prime minister because the king noticed Esther who now made Mordecai known. Thank you. Sit down. So, let's now look at what happened. Because if Mordecai had not put Esther forward, he would never have attained royalty. When you decide to make a difference in another person's life, ministry, business, you are paving your own destiny to prominence. So let's, let's talk about the Mordecai mentality. Let me give you four points. Number one, when you change someone's destiny, you change your own. No, it's not up there. You need to write. <laughs> when you change someone's destiny, you change your own. Mordecai's destiny changed when he changed Esther. Number two, making a difference brings a difference to you. Making a difference brings a difference to you. Let me give you a story many of you may not know. In those days when we were believing God for a child, my wife had an idea, if I've mentioned this before, but this part of the story maybe nobody knows. I put it down for our future so she can read it. I remember that day. She had this IDF done. We were thanking God. Everything was going on. Until that Saturday morning, towards the afternoon, she started bleeding. Obviously, we knew that we've lost the pregnancy. So she, 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 
she, she started crying and she just opened the door, left the door wide open and just walked out. She just walked out. Couldn't find where she was. So I called a friend of hers and we started looking all over the place for her. And then, uh, as I was about to call the police to say, mm, I'm not sure this is okay. I didn't think she would do, but when you're into sorrow, you really don't know how far someone could go. This is like a ninth year in being married. And then she walked into the door as I was, you know, about to and while she walked into the door, she didn't say anything and she just sat down. Then her phone rang. And it was someone in church. I was standing at the door trying to find what to say. And then she picks up the phone to my annoyance and says, hello. And then 45 minutes later, she was still on the phone comforting the person. And I stood there and I said, how I wish this person was a fly on the wall and recognized that this woman is canceling her out of her deepest pain. And what most of you don't realize is that someone may cancel you out of their pain and you still take that cancel and throw it away. This woman was crying. The other person did not realize what was going on. She canceled the woman, dropped the phone. We didn't even speak about what went on. And the following morning, we were in church and we canceled, pastored, ministered till five o'clock. Nobody knew what was going on. Because you're called to make a difference. It is not, I am weak, therefore I can't minister to someone. He says, in your weakness, you are strong. Number three, when you want to, where you want to be, let me rephrase this again, where you want to be lies in the person you give direction to. Give someone direction to destiny and it may just be the path that you may be looking for. When you change someone's destiny, you change yours. Making a difference, bring a difference to yours. Where you want to be lies in the person you give direction to. All this is from the Mordecai syndrome. And number four, your future survival is being today's Mordecai. Your future survival is being like a Mordecai. The, this generation needs to wake up and realize that one of the greatest ways to defeat depression is to turn someone's life around. Because when you turn someone's life around, you're turning your life around. Let me show you this. Come, son, come, son. Come, come. Let me use this gentleman. Line up here. Let's do this for once. Come. Give you a bottle of water. You stand with him. You stand with him. Uh, yeah, Connor, you stand with him. This is the source. I'm God. This is the source. This is you, or let me just say, this is me in pain. And what God wants to do sometimes is to use your pain to be a blessing because your source, your joy will never run dry. So what happens is, I don't know him, but I know him. And I can't reach him because I don't know him as like, like now. 
like Esther, didn't realize that her coming to the throne is to save a generation. There's a gentleman who, who comes to my house a long time ago, and every single year, I used to fall sick for a month, and sometimes I'm not in church. He just decided, he says, Pastor, can I come and just help you with your fitness? Years ago, he started coming all the way from North London to Hong Church. And he would get to my house 7 a.m. in the morning. Meaning, when I ask how do you get there, he leaves his house at 5.30 in the morning to come and train me. Ever since that time, my health has been intact. The discipline he produced in me is still going today and has helped me to be maintain stamina to bless others. But he has never lacked. It was during our discussion. He started, he didn't come for anything, didn't even come for money. He's a, he's a seasoned trainer. He recently, they took him on, uh, someone was going on holidays and took him along to train him on a yacht. He's in West End, not the ones under the ground. I mean, this is really serious. And he has kept me, changed my diet, changed my way of living, changed how I uh, approach things. And ever since then, that discipline has kept me and kept me going. Over four or five years, never has it been that I've been away for church for a month, just on sickness. Apart from the fact that my wife also sets, sets up to pray. But he's a source. After a while, when we started discussing, I said, what about this? What about your child? What about this? And started changing his life around when he stops punishing me. Because when he says six, six, and I, ha, 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 and I say, you can do it, you can do it. He forgets I'm faster. And then in between, I now ask him, ah, what is happening about your finances? He didn't realize I was buying time. So instead of one minute's rest, he would, not, he would go up for three minutes or four minutes. After a while, he got the idea. But it took him a while. I was like, let me check. What do I, what do I need to do? And then I started changing his life around. You know why? He didn't receive a dime. So he blessed me to bless you, and he didn't have an idea of who you are. But this is what God wants you to do. He's the source. Listen to what happens. When you, in your pain... When you may be going through stuff, look at him and he is going through stuff and you say, let me help you. Let me help your children. Let me give you one idea that came to me. Some of you, you're looking at some people. They may, they, they walk up to you. Oh, I love your hairstyle. I love what you do. And I just do it. Selfish. You know that person needs help. Looking at that person, you know she needs help. Help the person. Oh, where did you buy it? Oh, it was the only one on the rack. Liar! <laughs> but this is what happens. When you bless someone, this is what you do. You pour into them. He pours into this one. He pours into that one. Can you see the trend going? He takes off him, he pours into that one. Because we're not selfish, we are passing it down. Then, before he gets empty, I add another one. You can see how richer he's getting. That changes. Pour quite a bit there. 
That's it. You can see, if you see, that has changed. You point to that. The lights are changing from a source. I haven't finished with him yet. Because he still needs help. But instead of me putting down the phone or not picking up his phone, you understand? Because he looks like he's now an embarrassment. He's now a burden. I pour again. Because this is the source. He never wants dry. It's an influence. You're changing society. You're changing life. And then you pour again. God help me. I'm pouring again. And then he pours again. And he pours in there. You can see that his life has changed. Pouring to that one. Can you see? Pour a bit, a bit, a bit, a bit. This is changing now. The color is changing. The color in his life is changing from negative to positive. He's pouring into him. And then I start again. And I say, God, I'm keep, I'll keep pouring. I'll keep pouring of myself. And then I pour of myself. But this doesn't want that because this is powerful. It's a giver. And then he keeps doing that. And then he takes from that. And then he pours into that. And you can see that he's got the fullest. But you know what will happen? One day, without me knowing, I may need help. Something's gone wrong in my house. I, I, I can't find anyone. So I now say to him, my boy has gone bust. He will say, oh, I think I know someone who can help you. He speaks to this one. This one speaks to this one. This one speaks to this one. I don't know him. He now says, oh, pastor, I know you need help. Comes to my house. And what would have cost me 3,000 pounds, he would do it for me for free. <laughs> because you know what? While he was nobody, something was being passed down to him. I didn't realize that at the end of the day, the same guy that was not noticeable will come and shape my life and change my life because it's seed and harvest time. And the more you sow into someone's life, the more God is going to bless you. That means even if you're going through trouble, when you keep pouring into someone and you keep saying, God, I'm pouring into you, he keeps pouring because you really don't understand that you're being a blessed and an influencer and you're changing someone's life and I pray to God that the church will come together and stop looking inwards but looking outwards and touching someone who is not there helping someone who is in need because you never know if that will be the Esther of tomorrow and may save you from horrors in fact many of us walked into church with the idea God bless me with the word no, the word says, God, use me to bless someone with that word. We're not helping anyone. That's why we're depressed. What's your purpose in life? What are you doing for someone else? Because when you have the burden of someone else to help, you sometimes ignore yours. Yours will even be settled before you can remember. It's all about influence. It's all about investing, changing the color of his life, changing what his hand, what he's holding, changing his end product. That's all God requires of. So we get married, isolation. We're single, isolation. We buy a car, isolation. You walk into church, isolation. You sit right at the back, somewhere in the toilet. Even if there's no space in the toilet, you go to the disabled. Even though you're not in the disabled, you'd rather, you rather sit right outside, exposed to all kinds of weather, because you don't want to mix with someone. God didn't call you here to sit down. God called you here to start placing love in the heart of someone. Because it only takes one, and one will multiply. This is what is called spiritual networking. 
not money networking that we're all interested in. Because if I save one, he has multiplied four. And then he will go out and multiply another four. And they will go out and multiply another four until we all come together to the fullness and the greatness of God and we'll become a mighty army in the society and we will influence the society. It's not the society influencing us. Make someone else up. Pour into someone's life. Thank you guys. Be a blessing into someone else's life. Because we never know what we're doing and who will be, uh, whose life will be affecting. Many are struggling, many are praying, many are fasting, yet heaven seems to be locked against them. It is because they do not know how to show favor to those who need favor. And when you favor others, even your children's children are blessed after you. Psalm 37 verse 25 Psalm 37 verse 25 says, I am now old. I have lived a long life. But I have never seen good people abandoned by the Lord or their children begging for food. At all times they give freely and lend to others and their children are a blessing. Why don't we see the wounds of other people around us? Three things. Busyness. Someone said, hurry is the death of kindness. If you're going to learn to be a kinder person, you've got to slow down. Slow down, find someone. We're too busy. Too running on our own stuff. How long do you really think you have to live? Number two, selfishness. Do you know that Naomi... Naomi was depressed and Ruth was selfless. Naomi in the Bible was depressed. She said, I want to die. She said, God has cursed me. Ruth says, I will stay with you. Your God will be my God. Where you die, I will die. You know why? Because she was selfless. And when we're selfish, we will refuse to serve others. And when Ruth served Naomi... Naomi became her ticket to wealth and stardom. Number three, pridefulness. I checked the dictionary, is the correct English. Pridefulness. Listen to, this, listen to this quote. Humility is not thinking less of yourself. Say it after me. Humility is not thinking less of yourself. It is thinking... Of yourself less. That's humility. Humility is not thinking of less of yourself. It is thinking of yourself less. Has anyone watched the film Molly, Muli, M-U-L-L-Y? Anyone? Okay, we'll show it next Sunday. I think it's a, it's a film Sunday. But you have to be on time here. We start, the film starts immediately, the service starts. You need to watch it. If you don't cry, I will give you your money back. <laughs> so you haven't watched it. Uh, can we buy that film? Unless it is, it is the, humility is not about you. Humility is when you think less about yourself. When you're sowing into people's and let me say this: you will always be flavored when you show favor. Always, a person who is giving. 
cannot be depressed. I'm telling you. Because even when they go through depression, God is raising other people for them. Because he knows they are a blessing to others. Kind words can be short and easy to speak. But their echoes are truly endless. When you want to point to someone else, be careful what you say to them. Worst things not to say is what's your problem. Someone's going through stuff, but it's all in your mind. Have you heard that? Or you look at the bed, why don't you just grow up? Or stop feeling sorry for yourself. Or you look at them and say, you know, there's a lot of people who are worse off than you. Yes, I know, but that's not what I'm going through right now. Or they say, you think you've got problems? You think you've got problems? This is them trying to help. I said, well, at least that's not bad. Someone walks up to you and says, maybe you should take some vitamins for your stress. Eh? Which one? D? Vitamin K? Which one? Omega 95? <laughs> I don't know which one. I should... Have you heard anyone walked up to you and says, you're depressed. Have you been reading the Bible? Yes, I have. Even those in the Bible were depressed too. Someone said to me, take a hot bath. I said, how many? (laughs) Well, everyone gets depressed sometimes. Just don't think about it. Don't think about it. I'm thinking about it. That's what brought me into this situation. But what are the good things we need to learn to say to them? I love you if you do. If you don't, don't say it. I care for you. This is what Ruth was saying to the woman. I care for you. This was what Mordecai was saying to Esther. I care for you. You're not alone in this. I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to abandon you. You're important to me. When you start saying those words, when I was here depressed one day, crying my eyeballs out, my spiritual mom came to me, put her hands on, on me and her words echo till today it will pass we can ride it out together that's all she said it will pass I am with you we will ride this out you are not going to resign all somebody else needs is just a shoulder to cry upon all someone needs is for you to say you are not crazy All someone needs is to say, I can fully understand what you're feeling. Or I can't fully understand what you're feeling. But I can offer my presence. Let me close by saying this. People will forget what you said. People will forget what you did. But people will never forget how you made them feel. Did you get anything from it? You've been listening to Ty Adeshugba, pastor of Worship Tabernacle Church. We hope you enjoyed this message. For further inquiries, visit us at www.worshiptabernacle.org.uk. Alternatively, call us on 020-7435-3939. You can find us at the Citadel Worship Tabernacle. 
131 St. John's Way, N19, 3RQ, Archway, London. Thank you for listening.